Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 40 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be breaking down all the comings and goings of week eight, talking about hot waiver wire picks, uh, naturally trade targets, as many of your leagues will be approaching the trade deadlines in redraft and in dynasty. And actually we've got a little uh, interesting contest we're going to have, which is to start to pick who we think the teams that make the Super Bowl, but also the teams that make the playoffs, what the seedings will be, and predict, based on what we've seen after eight weeks, what we think the uh, run-up to the Super Bowl will be. So with me to break it all down, first of all, I have Paul. Evening all. And we have Chiggs. Hey, hey. Evening, chaps. Uh, so Mo is unable to join uh, at the moment. He's uh, tied up, but uh, hopefully we'll get his picks in soon so chaps how's your fantasy football weeks going paul first of all i won my most important league and uh, i didn't check some of the others yet <laughs> oh i beat you in fact if i remember right you beat me in one and i trounced you in two so well we uh, don't count those two and <laughs> was the one was the one he beat you in um due to some sort of suspect trading by the way i think it, this, if, you uh, read, if you read the, the uh, Bible, very you'd see su- that they can very suspect that. commissioning work Thank you very much. Yeah, all of a sudden, while he had DK Metcalf to use against me, so um, I think very we should void man. that result first. I was actually embarrassed by that. The amount, of, the amount he was being highlighted in on Red Zone is like DJ Metcalf, DJ Metcalf. But also, I mean, he is so good. That guy is is actually ridiculous. Matt, like every was actually benching him. He's got so many wide receivers. <laughs> Crazy. He and he's he's almost unguardable, isn't he? Like no DB and uh, no corner has been able to deal with him, and that includes Stefan Gilmore, who yeah, he yeah. took to town. So he's of looking like you can't. Um, it's like Megatron. Like you, he, you know, he's un- unguardable. Like DK Metcalf is Sorry. that sort of uh, style of player. Brilliant, so, brilliant to watch. Just putting you on the spot then, Chiggs, how many receivers do you take ahead of him in a dynasty startup at the moment? Oh, there's not going to be many, I'll be honest. Um, maybe, I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, uh, AJ Brown. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, C.D. Lamb. You're taking those, all of them, ahead of D.K.? Yeah. Wow, okay. For me, the list is very short. It's Adams, it's Nuke, and it's Thomas. I think he's, I think he surpassed Tyreek Hill in terms of startup value. I think he surpassed... um, who are some of the other names you mentioned? I, I think he's more valuable than CD Lamb personally, um, but it'd be interesting. And, and uh, every year I say I'm not doing any more startups, but I know next year I'll be in another dynasty startup somewhere. And I think DK is going to be a bona fide first rounder, unless it's Superflex. So, it's interesting. How, I mean, how... you love the guy, but um, you know he he's still a little bit streaky, and he you know, still has some issues with the drops. Um, but you know, bear in mind it is his second season, so 
know, he, mm. he's got all the to be, you know, he, he could easily, you know, we, we could be sitting here this time next year and he could easily be you know, the number one guy. One. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, 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 he's up there, right? It's, it's I, I can't see him not being one of my keepers next year. <clears throat> That's the crazy thing. And that, that's quite considering I've, got, I've got Aaron Jones, Godwin, and Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Hmm. But, I'd probably still be keeping Michael Thomas and Hopkins in your Michael position. But, such uh, a letdown. And, I mean, I know I probably should, but I'm hoping to trade him away just at the, uh, at the end so someone takes him so they can keep him. He's been a disappointment this year, that's for sure. Uh, so, Chiggs, how's your fantasy week? Uh, an absolute disaster. I think I've pretty much <laughs> lost every league in, and it was just um, surely. Uh, what, what, what? I think there was one league I won in, but I didn't actually want to win because I'm trying to, you know, get an early pick next year. But um, the one that hurt the most was uh, losing to Mo in TEBC. You know, bear in mind he had one starting QB in Ben DiNucci, and who pretty much put, put up as much points as Jared Goff. So. <laughs> uh, but you know he, uh, the rest of his team he had Alan Robinson Tyree Kill DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams Devontae you know? Adams yeah and, and he still only beat me by it was only about 20 points or so so it was still, it was still relatively close. if Jared Goff had actually had a decent game I would have you know I'm not too disheartened I was missing um, Nuke and Kyler Murray so you know, yeah I think, and I, think was, I had my best score ever in that league this week, largely helped by Dalvin Cook and, uh, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. So I um, can't remember who I beat. Paul, I wonder if you could just check for me and see who I beat in that league. In illegal contact? No, Sorry. in <laughs> TPC. That's where I beat you. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to bring it up again. <laughs> to be fair... You could have maybe scored one of the highest scores I've ever seen in the league, and I think Paul might have scored one of the lowest scores I've ever seen. It was quite incredible, that differential, wasn't it? Yeah. 74 <laughs> to 210, although I still have got a player to play. Somehow Who in that, that? League, Jimmy G didn't get negative points, which is a pleasant change. <laughs> oh, I've got you, Gronk. You need Gronk to score like 150 points. I think Gronk can do it. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been a big believer in Gronk all season, and I think to, tonight is going to embarrass you. You've called it too early. <laughs> All right, so let's do our prediction then for the Super Bowl rundown. We'll start with the NFC. Um, so we'll track this uh, separately. I think we should have some money on it as well. NFC West, let's start with. Chiggs, who do you think is taking it down? Uh, Seahawks. Paul? It's too controversial, is it? I don't know. I've, I was, I'm debating Cardinals and Seahawks. I think you're probably right there. Uh, Seahawks, Seahawks yeah, yeah, I think Seahawks for me as well. Um, we'll come back to the wildcard team shortly. Um, so that was the NFC West. Uh, NFC North, who do you think takes that down? Jigs? Packers. Packers. Yeah, I can't see beyond the Packers, even though the Bears were almost beat the Saints and were almost 6-2. and two. Uh, But I think that's the Packers. NFC East... Worst division in football. No one. No one. I, I honestly think they might not let anyone qualify. <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably some technicality that we haven't ever been aware of before. The guy, if you are this bad, none of you get through. 
So yeah. here's the crazy thing. Every team in the NFC West has more wins than the Eagles, who are in yeah. the lead of the NFC East. Is it, it's an but absolute... I think, I think, for me, the Eagles will win that division. Yeah, Eagles, hands down. The rest of the division so bad. I just think the other three will lose it more than the Eagles will win it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The Cowboys are only one game back, you know, but... I mean, how bad are the Cowboys? But so yeah, no, the I think the Eagles for me. Is... Yeah. And then last but not least, maybe the most intriguing division in the NFC, the South. You've got the Saints on five wins, the Bucks on five, the Panthers on three, and the, the Falcons now on two. The Bucks. The Bucks. I mean, the Bucks. After Gronk gets 150 points tonight, in real life <laughs> and in fantasy. <laughs> No, the Bucks are going to right. The Saints are Saints are. Yeah, you you think I, I it's going to be the Bucks? The Bucks defense, I think, is is stronger, right? The stronger the, defense. The Bucks offense is fundamentally far healthier, and they've got much more depth. Yeah. Exactly, especially now with AB coming in as well, right? So It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. It doesn't. It's not good for fantasy, really. But so, who's going to be the number one seed? Uh, uh, we've all picked the same four. Who's going to be your seed one to four? I'll start well, with you, we, Paul. Can we start with four being the Eagles? <laughs> okay, let's keep that. I so, think we'll so, all agree on the Eagles being four. Um, I then I think it'd be Seahawks, Bucks, Packers. Then so you mean there, Packers then. will have the bye with the number one seed. Uh, Seahawks, Seahawks will have the bye. Oh, you think Seahawks will have the bye? Seahawks, Bucks, Packers, and Packers. In Seahawks, then Bucks, then Packers. Okay. Uh, Chigs? Um, I think the Packers will end up getting the bye. Um, I think the Seahawks will finish second and the Bucks will finish third. Oh, see, Bucks have got an easier schedule. As in, just generically, they've got easier teams to play. That's why I think they. I almost think the Bucks might win the whole thing. Just yeah. So for me, I think Eagles in four as well. I think the Bucks will be third seed because they've got a tougher division. Um, Do you think the they Seahawks have? and like? Do you think the, the Bucks got? Bucks? A t- they've got Saints well, who are relatively injured. Falcons have been diabolical, and yeah, Panthers, but they're still. A little the, the Falcons have been competitive, you know. It's just that, no, they've been competitive, but they are they so far back already. I don't, I don't mean the Falcons aren't playing well. They, they, you know, that they, they've been kind of unlucky, but they're it's a bit yeah. too late for them to make a dent in that. No, but it's about taking taking um, losses on the Bucks' record, right? That, that, that's the way you know. That's, yeah, that's the what same. I mean. I think the yeah, Bucks I, will I have harder fixtures. Yeah. And I think the Packers, even though they surprisingly lost to the Vikings yesterday, should be beating the Bears, Lions, and um, when they play them again. But the Vikings, um, yesterday was. They already played the Vikings twice. Oh, they played them twice. Well, there you go. Um, so Packers for me, then the Seahawks, then the Bucks. So who's your three wildcard teams then, Paul? How, how many teams from the NFC East? NFC East, oh, that's a tricky one because it's going to be zero. <laughs> cool. So, um, who's your other three wildcard teams in order of five, six, seven? 
so Cardinals fifth. It's uh, sixth as Saints, I think. Yeah. Seventh, I really struggle, actually. Um, I, I think the Bears right now. I think the Bears. Interesting. Chiggs, yeah. who's your five, six, seven? I I think along the similar lines, actually. I think the so I'm going to take the Saints with the fifth seed, the Cardinals with the sixth, and then for me, it's a toss up between the Bears and the Rams. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's what that was my delay as well, actually. Probably going to plump for the Bears just because of the Rams are in a tougher division. It's kind of hard. That to is Rams true. Well. It's kind of hard to call the the Cardinals and Rams, right? Which is, that was my, my thought as well. Yeah, so no one thinks the 49ers are going to make it then. And they've had some G. pretty hefty defeats. No. So I'm with you. I think the Saints are fifth seeds. I think the Cardinals will be sixth. But I think the Rams get the seventh spot, personally. Um, I know yesterday was a bad day at the office, but we've said it before. The Dolphins are actually an undercover decent team, and they're capable of defeating um, some pretty powerful teams. So AFC then. We'll start with the East. Um, I think the Bills will win that division. They stamped their authority yesterday. Chiggs? Bills. Yep. Bills. Uh, AFC West. I think we're all going to say the Chiefs. Yeah, we don't have to answer that one. That's as easy as the uh, NFC East. AFC North. Quite a tricky division. Steelers. Steelers. Steelers yeah, look legit. Yeah, they look great all over, don't they? On offense, on defense, good on special teams. And then the South. It's really good as well, doesn't it? Avery, Will- Avery Williamson as well from the Jets. That's right, yeah. It's great That's for right. him. He's gone from a 0-8 and eight team to a 7-0 and zero team. So <laughs> can't get much better than that. Um, Titans or Colts, or do you think the Texans in the South? Titans <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me. It's funny if this was two days ago, I'd have been Titans without any consideration. Whereas it, they, it didn't look great yesterday. I still think Titans are much stronger and will win. Yeah, and they just traded for Desmond King, so one of their big weaknesses, which was on corner. They fill that void. Um, so I think the Titans will take it down. So five, six, seven. then. Here's where it gets interesting. I think it's quite difficult to call in the AFC personally. Paul, what's your five, six, seven? I think Ravens will get through uh, fifth. Okay. I hope I'm going to take the Raiders with sixth. Seventh. It's really tricky. It's, I find it hard. This additional, uh, this additional slot. Mm. Uh, it's, it's it's tricky that because it's it's dropping so much down. There's something I'd like it to be. I'd love it if it was the Dolphins. I think it'd be the Colts actually. Yeah, I think the Ravens for me. Ravens at five, Colts at six. I'm going to go for a bit of a surprise pick. I think the Dolphins get the seventh seed. I'd like it if they did. Chiggs? Uh, Ravens 5, Colts 6. 
this is where it's tricky. It's between the Browns and the Dolphins for me. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins sneak in there in seventh. Okay, so then based on based on the rankings, then um, we'd say the NFC lineup would be. Who did you have in uh, second seed, Paul? Oh, we didn't seed them yet. Oh, sorry, NFC. We did. Apologies. Um, NFC. NFC was right. So, Paul, um, you're gonna have, according to your rankings, the Bucks playing the Bears, the Packers playing the Saints, and then the Eagles playing the Cardinals. So, so they're, they're all gonna follow rank apart from the Cards. You think the Bucks will beat the Bears? Yeah. You think the Packers will beat the Saints? And then the Cardinals will beat the Eagles. Yep. Okay. In fact, I'll just do it this way. And then Chigs. Seahawks versus Bears. Seahawks. Bucks versus Cardinals. Bucks. Cool. And Saints and Eagles. Saints. Cool. Likewise, I think the Seahawks will beat the Rams. I think the Cardinals will beat the Buccaneers. And the Saints will beat the um, Eagles. I'll so we all what, think the Eagles. In the NFC, if you don't win your division, if you don't win the whole um, uh, uh, the whole conference, you want to get you want to yes. get fifth, don't you? Yeah, to play the Eagles. As good as a <laughs> Uh, so then that means, Paul, in your rankings, the Packers will be playing the Saints and the Seahawks will be playing the Bucks. Uh, sorry, uh, the Bucks will be playing the Packers, yep, and the Seahawks playing the Cardinals. So who do you think goes through Seahawks versus Cardinals? I'm going to go Seahawks. Seahawks and then Bucks versus Packers. Bucks versus Packers, I think it'll be a hard game. Bucks, I'm going to go Bucks just because I want them to win. Yeah, and then, well, they just destroyed the Packers, didn't they? A couple yeah. of weeks ago. So, Chiggs, you're yeah, going to yeah, have the Packers versus the Saints. And the Packers. And then the Seahawks versus the Bucks. Oh, tricky game. That's a big game, isn't it? Um, That'd be a good game. Let's go. Go with the Bucks. Interesting. So um, I have the Packers versus the who uh, Packers Cardinals. versus the Cardinals. Yeah. Yep. So I'm actually taking the Cardinals to win, and then the Seahawks versus the Saints. I'm going Seahawks. Oh, you got one. Right. And so finally. <laughs> So I'm saying Seahawks Cardinals championship game. Paul, you're saying Seahawks Buccaneers, and Chiggs, you're saying Packers and Bucks. So for you, Paul, who's winning the NFC and going to the Super Bowl? I'm calling the Bucks. I want Brady to win the whole thing. Game the Bucks. Now he's in Florida. And Chiggs. Well, I'm going to take the Bucks as well. You're taking the Bucks, and I'm taking the Seahawks. Similarly, then, in the AFC, um, for me, the Steelers play the Dolphins, the Titans play the Colts, and the Ravens play...
play the Bills. So I'm going to take the Steelers to Rolex beat the Steelers, Dolphins, right? Titans to beat the Colts, and the Ravens to beat the Bills. That's tough. Chiggs, uh, you have Steelers versus Dolphins as well. Steelers. Bills versus Colts. Bills. And Titans-Ravens, rematch from last year. Ooh, I'm going to take the Titans. Interesting. Remember Paul, the... uh, Steelers versus the Colts is yours. Yep, Steelers makes an easy Steelers. one. Steelers. Bills versus Raiders. Oh, I don't really think it, but I'm going to go Raiders. <laughs> okay. And then Titans-Ravens as well. Sometimes you've got to bet with a heart. So it was my last one, Titans-Ravens. Uh, I'm going Titans as well. Wow. Chicks have gone tight. That's wrong. Sorry. I'll stick with what I said. So then, that in my matchup, it's going to be the Chiefs versus the Ravens. I'll take the Chiefs. And it's going to be the Steelers versus the Titans. And I'll take the Steelers. So my championship game is going to be the Chiefs versus the Steelers. Uh, Chigs. Chiefs versus, uh, sorry, Chiefs versus the Titans for you. The Chiefs. And then the Steelers, Bills? Steelers. Wow. Paul, uh, Chiefs versus Raiders. Well, I really want to go Raiders, and they have beaten them already, but it's going to be Chiefs. Okay, and then Steelers, Titans. Uh, Steelers. Right, so we all unanimously think the AFC Championship game is going to be the Chiefs versus the Steelers. I am going to take the Steelers, surprisingly. I'm taking the Steelers as well. Okay, and Paul? After the Chiefs got me my uh, win in the Super Bowl last year, I'm going the Chiefs. I've got the T-shirt to prove it. Still got your T-shirt. Right, so in my world, it's the Seahawks versus the Steelers. Paul, you think it's going to be the Buccaneers versus the Steelers? Apologies, I've got it. You've got Bucks versus Chiefs. Yeah. And Chiggs, you've got the Bucks versus the Steelers. So, Chiggs, Bucks or Steelers? Who wins the Super Bowl? Bucks. Okay. So you're saying the Bucks, Paul? Mr. Bucks, first team to win it at home. So you think the Bucks are going to beat the uh, the Chiefs? The only the only tricky thing here is will there be anyone there to watch it? <laughs> yeah, true. So actually, it's a Bucks home game, yeah, isn't it? it as well, man, be the first time win. So I have it as the Seahawks versus the Steelers. Great offense versus great. Defense, and I think the Seahawks take it down. So let's see. We'll uh, we'll get this all tracked, and I uh, think we should put a bit of money on the line as well, and have some sort of point system. But uh, I think we're fairly unanimous in a lot of things, which is that whoever wins the NFC East, most likely the Eagles, is going out in the first round, and that we think the Chiefs and Steelers are the best teams in the AFC and the teams that make the playoffs. 
uh, that make the uh, AFC Championship game, I should say. We haven't been too controversial there, have we? Two seven, two seven win teams we reckon are going to be the top two. Yeah. So, okay, that was our predictions. Uh, we'll just have a quick rundown of the fantasy week. Chat, Cheers, Paul. Before you do, I'm going to love you and leave you. I've All got right. some chemistry yeah, homework problem. to do. <laughs> See you, mate. Later and I'll listen to the show. Catch you later. Right. George Kittle has a small fracture in his foot and will miss extended time. You've got him in NFL lads, haven't you? I do. I was looking to trade him away, actually. Now Dallas got it back as well. Right, so we start with the Thursday game, which is the Panthers at home against the Falcons. One thing I will mention, and this is probably one for our betting podcast, but everyone needs to keep an eye out on the weather, especially as the weather's getting adverse, not only for your betting, and your overs-unders, etc., but also for your fantasy players. Now, Mo, who's a Carolina native, did say that the weather's quite bad there and that it was really windy. Um, so we should have faded, particularly like the receivers and the um, running backs. And I think that kind of showed. Teddy Bridgewater had a quiet game, only 176. Uh, none of the receivers surpassed 55 yards, and that was DJ Moore. Anderson had a decent PPR game. On the Falcon side of the ball, it was only Julio, and he just showed how elite he is. Um, that's a couple of back-to-back games now for Calvin Ridley. Would you be worrying if you're an owner, Chiggs, at all? No, I think, to be fair, um, let's see, it's the touchdowns I think he's been missing in the last couple of weeks, right? If he scores a touchdown... Um, on Thursday, his, his stat line looks a lot better. He's never going to be the high-volume reception guy, but um, just needs a couple of those connections for the for the touchdown. So you are going to get a little bit of that volatility, I think, but I wouldn't be worried with him at all. It was only three receptions. That was what I was thinking was worrying. you normally used to a bit more, aren't you, from someone like him? Yeah, yeah it's true. But I think it looks like Julio sort of soaked up most of the sort of targets. Um, you know, there are going to be you're going to have weeks like that, right? When you when you've got an elite guy in Julio there, there are going to be weeks where you know maybe really doesn't shine as much, but you know still well, still going to be a wide receiver one, and I'll be starting him every week. So cool, yeah. I think you have to play him every week. Next game was one of the biggest surprises, if not the biggest, which is the Packers losing at homes to the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers had a decent fantasy day, um, would have still got you around 30 points, uh, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, but it was the Dalvin Cook show, um, just an absolute monster performance. I was grateful to have him. Three rushing touchdowns, 30 carries for 163 yards, and a further two catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. I think, I mean, we all know Dalvin Cook is elite, and when he's fit, you have to start him couple of the players I just wanted to bring up here, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, both had disappointing days, largely because the Vikings was just so good on the ground. Are you worried about any of those going forward, or are you still starting them every week, Chiggs? Still still starting them every week. Um, yeah, Thielen, for me, is still going to be you know that guy. Jefferson, I think, is still going to have these ups and downs, but, you know, it's it's an inconsistent offense, so you're going to get these weeks again, right? 
it was a strange fantasy week where you know some of the elite talents obviously shone out Devontae Adams obviously on the Packers side and Dalvin mm. Cook um, here but you know if you look at obviously the first game DJ Moore Robbie Anderson didn't have great games Calvin Ridley Thielen um, Jefferson you know I, I think it's one of those just, just a bad week um, from a fantasy you know Kirk Cousins only threw for 160 yards as you say they had to get it done they got it done on the ground so no, there'll be yeah. better games for you know for Thielen and uh, Jefferson. I think just looking across my fantasy leagues, unless you one of the lucky managers to have someone like a Cook or an Adams or a Metcalf, it was one of the lowest scoring weeks I've seen actually in fantasy football, and uh, because a lot of players on offense were quite. Um, and they couldn't get it done. And I think that all lends to the adverse weather. It was very cold, very windy in a lot of the places. And that's why you're seeing quite low scores. I just wanted to mention one player, um, Jamal Williams. What's he worth to the Aaron Jones owner? Because it's two weeks now. He's put up really good performances, 75 yards on the ground, um, further six catches for 27 uh, through the air as well. He didn't get a touchdown, but he still put up 17, 18. If you're a Jones owner, would you pay a second for someone like a Williams to handcuff that? Or you know, do you think it has to be a third plus someone? What What's he worth if you're a Jones owner? See, it's at that stage of the season. Maybe maybe it's a little, little bit early for that move. I think if you're getting towards playoff time and you, know, you are a real strong contender, maybe it is worth a second in the overpay. Now, bear in mind, mm. you'll probably get a second. Now, you know, a third plus a young, you know, a young unproven guy, probably get it done. Something like a third and Eno Benjamin, perhaps, something like that. Yeah, third and Anthony McFarland, you know, yeah, yeah. Some, some kind of ilk, you know. Cool. And Valdez Scantling, uh, do you have any faith in him going forward? Do you think he's. He's done in that offense. Just an afterthought. Yeah, afterthought. You know, it's basically going to be Devontae Adams. It seems like Robert Tonyan's kind of the yeah the other the other main sort of option. He's obviously starting to use his tight ends. So I think Tonyan had five receptions. Sternberger had three. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't really be wanting anyone outside of um, Rogers, Adams, and Jones probably on a weekly basis. Maybe Tony, you know, if you're streaming a tight end or one of your main guys yeah. went down. Um, cool. Next game was arguably the biggest surprise of the week, and that's the Bengals 31, Titans 20. Another impressive performance by Joe Burrow. Notable performances from Gio Bernard filling in for Joe Mixon. T. Higgins had a good game. Tyler Boyd continued his good streak. Auden Tate was actually targeted. He had seven receptions for 65. AJ Green was the big, big disappointment in that. Um, We mentioned AJ Green as potentially someone to target as a win-now team. After that performance, you you done with uh, AJ Green? Would you still target him if you're trying to win now? Well, again, I think we talked about it in terms of, you know, if he he gets a move um, to someone like, say, the Packers or something, you know, his value instantly goes up and actually probably becomes too expensive you know this is this is almost the time where you want to be trying to get in on the buying window right he's had a down game you know maybe someone's looking to cut him or um 
you know, you can try and pick him up on the cheap. I still like, mm-hmm. I still like him, you know, and say that the key is if he can get the move. I still think he can give you value in the Bengals' offense, but it is going to be inconsistent. You know, I think now clearly T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are probably the two, the two main guys. But you know, we've seen over the last few weeks that AJ Green has been targeted. So you know, if anything, now now is probably the time to buy him if you, uh, you know, if you think he's going to get them. Yeah. And on the Titans side of the things, I said quite a disappointing day for their offense. Derrick Henry still had a good day. Tannenhill had an okay day, but not what you'd want from starting QB. Guy who really shone and was Tannenhill's favorite target was Corey Davis. Eight for one, two, eight, and a touchdown. I think he drew 11, 12 targets. AJ Brown, John, who sort of disappointed. I think AJ saved his day with the late touchdown. But yeah. you still trusting John, who going forward, if he's your only tight end, or would you? rather have try and trade for someone better or stream uh, I'm a little bit worried now I think now that they've got AJ Brown back and Corey Davis is playing quite well I don't think there's enough volume to support all three of them in that offense um, and look it may be that certain weeks Johnny has a good game and Corey Davis has a down game and stuff like I think AJ Brown's the only guy I still really trust in that offense. Um, mm-hmm. I know he didn't have a great game, but you know I think by and large, you know he is Tannehill's main guy. Maybe it was kind of you know it was working with Davis, and he was kind of drawing the right coverage that he was more heavily targeted. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Johnny. You know, now that all three of them are healthy. Uh, I think I agree with you wholly on that. Uh, next game was the Chiefs and the Jets. It was predicted to be a blowout, but it wasn't quite like that throughout the game. Chiefs sort of really turned up back end of the second half and then the so back end of the first half and then the third and fourth quarter tore the Jets to shred. So Pat Mahomes, great day, five touchdowns, four hundred sixteen through the yard, uh, through the air, sorry. Couple of players I just wanted to discuss here. Um, Ceh and Lev Bell both had disappointing days. Um, six for twenty-one for Ceh and six for seven for Lev Bell in what was touted to be a revenge game. Um, any worries with either of those? If you're a Lev Bell owner, do you still have any hope for this season? We mentioned before that the Jets have a good, good run. D. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, you know, I, I actually, um, I benched CEH in a few leagues off the back of that. You know, I thought they're going to have a large lead. They're going to sort of sort the clock a little bit. And, you know, the, the Jets' run D is actually pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the guys that started ahead of him didn't do anything in, in, as it turned out. But, yeah, I think it's just chalk it down to that week. You know, it, it, I, I was very surprised, you know, the Chiefs ended up throwing as much as they did and you know the variety of different options that they used um Mahomes threw the ball I think 42 times um yeah statement you know obviously Travis Kelsey had a good game and Tyree Kill um DeMarcus Robinson's offering sort of decent value as well you know as a yeah bye week and like I- that and as somebody who owns Mikhail Hardman, I always find it hard to start him. I did think, oh, maybe the Jets is the one, but he had seven catches. So good performance. But I think 
even when Sammy Watkins is injured, outside of Kelsey and Hill, it's hard to trust any of the other receivers. You're, you're starting them if you, you know, if you, out of desperation, as opposed to you know wanting to start them. So you're just hoping that you know you have started them and they they produce that week. But yeah, and then from a Jets perspective. Uh, I don't think there's any players necessarily worth talking about. Question I have is, do you think Sam Donald's a starting quarterback next year in the oh, NFL? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, he's still... The, that Jets offense is just is terrible, right? And so you, you'd assume they're probably going to get the first pick and take Trevor Lawrence, but then there's a good chance that Don will get traded. You know, there's a there's a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks that aren't going to be in line for, for Lawrence or, say, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Um, yeah. So I think, I think Don will get a starting gig elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be in that precarious situation where the team trusts him enough to start. But um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Lions and Colts. Uh, Colts actually... Blew away the lines, uh, surprisingly, in many people's eyes. But I suppose fresher coming off the bye week. Stafford had a pretty decent fantasy day against a team that was um, amongst the top two or three in the league. I think we've discussed it before. That that running game is just to be avoided at the moment for the um, for the Lions. And in fact, both of the running backs were wholly disappointing. Peterson five carries for seven and swift even worse six carries for one so as a swift owner i'm just hoping that they have a change of coaching next season and um he has a better oc to play with because i think the talent's still there but a disappointing performance i think out of the receivers uh, obviously kenny Golladay went out of the game early so he put up a goose egg unfortunately uh tj hawkinson had a pretty good game. Seven receptions. I think he was the most targeted as well. And then in terms of fantasy, I think you've got Marvin Jones in one of our dynasty leagues. Do you think he's a every week player at the moment, particularly if Golladay's out? Or are you worried about that offense? Again, Marvin Jones is someone I'm kind of starting out of necessity rather than want. Um, you know, we all know he's sort of touched down uh, ability and you know you can have those weeks where he gets two or three touchdowns but again I don't think he's particularly consistent you know so I'm only, you say I'm only starting him on the basis that you know I've got other guys out injured and or, or by and I'm kind of having to I think I could I'll trust him you know with I was starting him in weeks when um the start of the season when Golladay was out and you know he didn't do anything then either so I think TJ Hawkinson's the one I think will benefit you know I think his yeah. team said before there and he's getting you know decent sort of target share and on the cult side of the ball you'd think having put up 41 points that their receivers would have had a scorching day but it wasn't it was a quite an infuriating day I'd imagine for most fantasy managers Jonathan Taylor only had 11 carries while Jordan Wilkins was given 20 the lead receiver, Naheem Hines, three receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Outside of him, Pascal, three. Marcus Johnson, two receptions. Mo Ali Cox, three. Are there any receivers you feel comfortable starting for the Colts? 
There is not a single player on the Colts that I am comfortable starting, and that includes Jonathan Taylor after this week. I thought after oh, the um, you know, I thought after the bye week, you know, he's going to come out and they're going to feature him. You know, they can run all over the Lions, and really, really disappointing day. And that, you know, I, I can't trust Jonathan Taylor now. Phil Rivers having a nice couple of games, you know, but how long is it before we revert to the old Phil Rivers? If, you know, I'm I'll be trying to if I have him now, I'll be trying to sell him um, off the back of a couple of good games. Uh, to a quarterback needy team, but are you going to get much return for him? Probably not. I think it just goes to show, and uh, we've mentioned it a few times now, but how important preseason is for rookies, particularly the running backs, because they have so much to learn. And I don't think any running back has really shone and been amazing um, out of the rookies, considering how much name cachet the likes of. I mean, we'll come on to Dobbins shortly, you know, but Swift, CEH, Taylor, Akers, they've all probably let you down um, if you're relying on them. So segue then on to the next game, which was the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, Steelers won that quite a close game. Ravens did well to come back into it, but um, ultimately the Steelers held out. Thought Jackson had a pretty bad day. He was intercepted twice. Steelers, of course, we know have got arguably the best defense in football, if not, and certainly one of the top few. A couple of players I want to just mention here. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 15 carries for 113. And Gus Edwards, 16 for 87 and a touchdown. So um, I think, if anything, that if you're a Mark Ingram owner, you're probably thinking this might be the end of the road for him because uh, he's flattered to deceive this year and you know when they gave the ball against one of the better run defenses in Dobbins and Edwards both showed out well both you know over five yards per carry which I don't think Ingram's done this season could be wrong on that Uh, from a receiving side Willie Sneed was heavily targeted is that someone you'd be comfortable ever starting as a bi-week filler or you just think it was because of the defense they're playing yeah, I'm not. I'm not comfortable starting Willie Sneed. Um, yeah, and then Hollywood Brown was quite disappointing. Just the one reception, which was a touchdown, but one for three yards. How do you feel as a Hollywood owner? Is he someone you'd trust to start? Again, you know, with, with Hollywood, you, you're relying on those big plays um, and the touchdowns. You know, he's never going to be a consistent week-to-week receiver. Um, you know, it's even arguable if he's the number one option in offense, you know, and it's not an offense that throws a lot either. So, you know, I think at the start of the season, we were selling him to finish as a top 36 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see where, he, where he's currently ranked. But, yeah, I don't, I, you know, again, you're playing him just for that sort of high upside potential but he hasn't really demonstrated that this year right on the Steelers side I don't think anyone had a great fantasy day Ben only threw for 182 and two touchdowns Connor only rushed for 47 again saved by the touchdown Juju was actually the favorite target again that's two weeks in a row seven receptions Ebron had a decent day particularly in Titan premium Claypool five receptions. Are there any receivers on the Steelers you're comfortable starting? 
at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I still, I still really like Deontay Johnson. Um, but again, they've got a lot of mouths to feed, and I'm assuming you know it's down to the coverage and you know who's covered where. You know, we saw Chase Claypool obviously off the back of a few good weeks, completely disappeared last week, and there was the Deontay Johnson. So it's almost flipped on its head this week. Um, bear in mind, obviously, Ravens are very good defense, and you know the the Steelers' defense really sort of came up and played well um, yesterday. Um, as a as a fan of Johnson, as I know you are too, are you starting to worry just how many times he's getting injured and concussed? And so there's another one yesterday. I think it was an ankle injury, and you know he missed most of the game. And for a relatively young career, it's happened a few times. And I'm a big fan of Johnson, but is it is it just me, or are you worrying about how much time he's missing cumulatively? Yeah, no, I mean that that is for sure. Um, but you know we, we we see that with all the sort of top receivers, right? Julio is constantly nicked up. Uh, Devonte Adams, um, you know, misses time. So you know, it is it is a little bit worrying, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm banking on the talent to to you know come through still. And then. Next game was the Dolphins and the Rams. Uh, Tua's first start, Tua's first win, but Tua didn't do a lot, to be honest. Um, it largely came from the the Rams' mistakes. So Tua Tagovailoa, 12 completions, 93 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions, no receivers of note. I mean, if you only knew the receivers, probably very disappointed. Preston Williams, 2 for 15. Mike Gesicki, one for eight, Devontae Parker, one for three and a touchdown. On the Rams side of the ball, Jared Goff threw for 355 and one touchdown, but two interceptions, and he was largely disappointing. You'd expect a lot better considering he threw the ball 61 times yesterday. I think the running game we've mentioned, it's very convoluted. Nine carries for Henderson, 10 for Brown, nine for Akers. Nobody really did anything with those carries. Cooper Cup, interesting player, because he was targeted 21 times. Very rare you see that sort of volume. He did turn that into 11 receptions for 110. And Robert Woods, 7 for 85 in a touchdown. I'll start with the Dolphins. Where do you stand with the Dolphins now with Tua under center? They're probably going to dial it down a little bit. We know the Rams are obviously a great, great defense as well, but you own him in a dynasty league. Is that someone you'd be comfortable starting, or you think this year is just going to be a bit of a slow year? I think I think it's going to be you know a learning curve for him this year. Um, you know, obviously, I've taken it with a view for a, a long term. You know, I told you I really like his his long term upside. You know, he's a, he's a definitely a quarterback I can see has that sort of top five upside in a given year. Um, you know, I'm having to start him probably more by necessity than anything else. You know, I've got Baker Mayfield and Philip Rivers as my other two QB. So, you know, two is almost a, a locked uh, lock to start for me there. Um, he he looked he looked good in you know in, in bits and pieces. I think you know he didn't have to do a lot yesterday. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how you know how the relationship with the receivers develops. Um, you know, I'm assuming there are going to be games where he ends up throwing more. 
so that that volume will be higher for Devontae Parker and Kostiki and stuff. But the guy that's quite interesting for me is Miles Gaskin. You know, I think as they sort of, he seems to be obviously the lead back there. Um, yeah. As they kind of run some more of these RPOs and um, two are just kind of escaping the pocket and stuff, I think, you know, Gaskin could get picked up with some of that sort of. Uh, those dump offs and you know um, the safety blanket as a as a running back, and he's shown he can sort of you know add a few receptions to his game. So, is there anyone else outside of Gaskin you'd be comfortable starting on the Dolphins at the moment? At the moment, probably not. I think Devonte Parker. I'm hoping will still be, you know, um, the guy, and he can get that sort of rapport with Tua, but. You know, if I can avoid starting him for the time being while that kind of shakes itself out, then yeah, for sure. And on the Rams, Goff is one of your QBs in a league that you're seven and one. But I guess you won't need to play him after this as the bye weeks have gone. If, um, I mean, your others are Kyler and uh, Aaron Rodgers, is there any situation where you can see yourself starting golf ahead of one of those guys for the rest it's of gonna the season? Be, um, yeah, it'll be one of those where the matchup is just too good. You know, we, we've seen this in, in games last year as well, with golf throwing the ball 61 times. If you're having that, you know, the fact that Cooper Cups had 11 receptions for 110 yards, Robert Woods 7 for 85. You'd expect Jared Goff to have a better day than he did, but he, he just looked terrible out there, you know, with the interceptions and the fumbles and stuff. So, um, you know, there will be better days, but, you know, we, we are, I have seen this from Goff before, and it is, it is a little bit worrying. You know, you expect someone throwing that much to, to do better, but so hopefully you don't have to start him too often. Yep. I think you're in a fortunate position with the starters you do have there. Uh, next game, Bills and Patriots. Another disappointing game for Josh Allen. Of course, Bills, we know Patriots, sorry, are one of the better defences in the league. Josh Allen did have 10 carries and touchdown, but another good performance by Stephon Diggs. Um, disappointing performances if you had to start Beasley or John Brown. Um, decent performance. From Singletary, maybe one of his better ones, 14 carries for 86. But Zach Moss really shone. Um, also 14 carries, less yardage, only 81, but two touchdowns. Do you think Moss is the guy to start in your fantasy teams going forward? Yeah, again, it's one of those where we've seen that Moss is probably going to be the goal line back, you know, if it's not Josh Allen taking the carries there. Um, yeah. He's probably the more dynamic kind of runner, but he's probably not getting those high-value touches, you know, in the red zone. So, yeah, it's probably it's probably going to be Moss just from from the touchdown upside that he offers. And then, and on the Pat side of things, Damian Harris had a decent game: sixteen carries for one hundred two and a touchdown. Is there anyone, including Harris, you think is start worthy in the Patriots? Yeah, I, I think I think Harris is, um, you know, especially at the moment. I think so. Michelle still out. Um, so Harris is getting the bulk of the work. Obviously, had the 
you know, over 100 yards, but it was the touchdown as well. I think I think that offense will improve. You know, they they did look better yesterday. Um, obviously, Cam made the sort of mistake with the with the fumble. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, when they were driving yeah. for the field goal, that kind of obviously cost them big time. But yeah, best better from the Patriots. Still, they need to improve. But yeah, I think I think Harris is probably the one guy that you could could look to. Yep. Next game then, lowest scoring game of the week. Browns 6, Raiders 16. Um, if anyone watched this, you would have seen the weather was really, really gusty, really windy. And um, you would have seen a couple of the field goal attempts where it just wildly swung, where it looked like it was going to go through the middle, of the middle of the post. I'm not going to dwell on individual performances. There wasn't anything of note. Um, but are there... Any takeaways from this game for you, Chiggs? Uh, or are you not reading too much into it because of the weather? Um, not reading too much into it because of the weather. The one thing uh, which was pleasing to see, you know, Josh Jacobs having a, a monster day, you know, 31 carries yeah. for 128 yards. So, you know, touchdowns, but, you know, that's the kind of workload you want to see uh, Josh Jacobs getting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that was it. Really good performance by Josh Jacobs, considering you know the game script and the situation. But otherwise, not reading too much into it on offense or defense. Certainly not saying Raiders is an elite defense that can only will only let their opponent score six or anything like that. Uh, Broncos and Chargers, great comeback victory for the Broncos. I was very pessimistic talking about potentially benching Drew Locke. I think they let the shackles off him, and um, yep, impressive. Impressive victory there. I'm sure Chargers fans are feeling quite sick about things at the moment. One thing that stood out to me is that Philip Lindsay can, um, is continually looking like the better running back. Even though he only had six carries, he took that for 83 and won. Melvin Gordon, quite disappointing on the ground, eight for 26. He did catch a couple uh, of passes. In fact, six passes he caught. So is that where you think the value really is in the Broncos running game, Melvin Gordon in the receiving game, or do you think that any of them start worthy from a rushing perspective as well? Um, yeah, I think it's it's messy. I think Gordon obviously looked good at the start of the season when Lindsay was out. I think Lindsay coming back in is going to muddy that. You know, they're going to still carry from each other, and you're hoping now for for the upside for a touchdown or the receiving work for for Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And on the Chargers side, I think um, Austin Eckler's back soon. I mean, good performance from Justin Herbert again. He's been impressive. But in terms of their running game, Justin Jackson kind of looks like he might have taken that lead role. Are you comfortable starting Justin Jackson? He had 17 on the ground for 89, further three catches for 53 yesterday. And I was watching that. He was, he was very impressive. Pope was pretty good as well, but... Where do you stand on Justin Jackson? Start worthy for you? I think it's going to be matchup dependent. Um, you know, and one of those, hopefully, as you kind of come out of the bye weeks and stuff, you're, you're hopefully not having to start him. But, yeah. you know, if you, if you have to at the moment, there, there are worse options. So he, I think he can carry you through a few weeks if you need him. 
Cool. Last few games then, Bears and Saints. It was a fairly close game throughout. Actually went into overtime, and then the Saints won on a field goal. I know the stat line might look good for Nick Foles, but that it's quite deceiving. Nick Foles was pretty bad yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was only really the, the comeback where he took it to overtime where he was impressive. But there were even talks about Trubisky potentially taking the reins again. So... Um, Disappointing day. I think some of the players, Alan Robinson was really good. Uh, Anthony Miller, one of his best games that he's had in a while. Mooney, we've mentioned him before. He's continuing to play quite well in that system and getting his share as well. On the Saints side of the ball, you know, they're still missing some really, really key players. So everything's going through Kamara at the moment. 12 for 67 on the ground and 9 for 96 through the air. Jared Cook as well. Where where do you stand on Jared Cook? Is he start? Is he an every week start at the moment, or does it yeah. change when Thomas comes back? I think it will change when Thomas comes back. But you know, given the uh, the tight end landscape, you probably will still be starting Jared Cook. Can you see anyone finishing ahead of Kamara in PPR as the RB one for this season? No, I think. Uh, I think he's he's the main guy, especially with obviously Saquon being injured and McCaffrey missing missing as much time as he has. You know, Alvin Kamara's had a fantastic season, um, consistently week every week. He's um he's giving you those points. You know, whereas like Zeke's really disappointing at the moment. See, Dalvin Cook had a massive game yesterday, but obviously had a few weeks out injured. But yeah, Kamara Kamara is a clear cut number one for me. Mm, I think it's going to be between Kamara and Cook for me because uh, Cook's getting more volume on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Kamara should be the RB1 end of season. Uh, Seahawks and 49ers, this was actually a bit of a blowout. The score might deceive uh, to make it think it was a close game. Seahawks were on top throughout. DK Metcalf was spectacular. 12 receptions, 161 for two touchdowns. It looks like he's bullying defenders, so... I think mm. if there ever was a window to get someone like a DK, that window's oh. probably gone unless you're unless you're willing to give somebody of the um, stature of a Devontae Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins. It's just an interesting question. If you're a rebuilding team, would you give up Nuke straight up for DK Metcalf? Uh, yeah, I, 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 could, I could definitely see myself making that move. Um, I'd probably be looking to get something on top of DK Metcalf, though. You know, you're you're assuming you're, you're trading him to a contender. Yeah. Um, you know, they're gonna, the trouble you're going to have with them is that DK Metcalf on a weekly basis now is a starter. So, you know, w- would they give him up to get Nuke? You know, w- w- sorry, would they give up DK plus something to get Nuke, or even straight up when DK can put up those kind of weeks? Depends on uh, you know the owner and how much you know they they could covet someone like a Devonte Adams or a Nuke, but yeah, yeah Jimmy Garoppolo def- was awful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I mean generally Jimmy Garoppolo was awful yesterday. Um, Nick Mullins came in and actually impressed. Um, you know, it was much much better than Garoppolo. He had. 18 completions for 238 and two touchdowns. I know they were chasing the game. Um, you've been a big fan of his for a while, but Brandon Ayuk continues to shine. Eight for 91 and um, one touchdown. Would you give a future first for Ayuk 
in any of your leagues? Would you give your first uh, for him? Um, I would consider a late first for him. Okay. The, the, and the problem you're going to have with Ayuk is, is um, obviously with Debo Samuel out, um, you know, that, that's kind of where you know, he becomes the main guy. And he, when Debo's back, he, he's, he's played all right, but he's not going to have that same target volume, I think, when, when Samuel's back. So that's the one sort of, sort of dampener on him. But, you know, super dynamic playmaker. Um, absolutely love watching him. Yeah. No, really good player. And then last game was the evening game, Sunday night football, Eagles and the Cowboys. I've not seen the highlights. Sounds like it was a pretty awful game. A couple of, you know, refereeing, umpire decisions, etc. A couple of players I just wanted to touch on here. Travis Fulgham had another decent game, 6 for 78 and a 1. I think I asked a question a couple of weeks ago. If you think you could win now and you're, uh, you know, maybe feel like you're one starter off because you've got somebody, somebody just... Not as good. Would you give uh, your second for Fulgham or still a no for you? I think, again, as, as it develops into the <clears throat> towards the playoff, um, you'll start to see maybe, you know, are, are you close? You know, at the moment, you can probably get by um, and then make that call nearer the time. If he's, I think we said, yeah. you know, see how he does, you know, once they start getting some of these other options back. But, you know, I'm starting him on a weekly basis with confidence. Um, and he and he's delivering for me, so I'm, I'm you know I really like him. Um, uh, are there any are there any cowboys you feel the same way about starting on a weekly basis? No, not at all. I mean, obviously, you know, CD Lamb from a from a dynasty perspective is someone I absolutely love, and you know, can see him in that sort of long term top tier of wide receivers, but. You know, I wouldn't be starting him now either. So I'd rather be starting Travis Fulgham now than C.D. Lamb. But obviously, I wouldn't give up. You know, I wouldn't give up C.D. Lamb for Fulgham and a and a pick. You know, but yeah, no, I'd agree. And I think one these... thing I just want to call out. So... Well, I mean, I was going to uh, Zeke. You know, I think I mentioned it in previous weeks, but very, very worried about Zeke and that offense. Yeah, the O yeah, line just doesn't look good. Um, you know, they're going to be playing from behind, and yeah, he's just not the same. Uh, same, you know, without without Dak there, that that offense just doesn't look the same. I would agree. If you're a team that's rebuilding and you've got the opportunity to get a Zeke, would you give up a top three first rounder next year for him? I think it depends on what your needs are as a team um, and how close you are to competing. So let's take the example, you know, you, you're a bit unlucky with injuries and, you know, you had Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin, you know, something like that. And you've got a decent quarterback stable, you know, just people are injured and missing and stuff. So actually someone like Zeke can put you over the top. Then it's probably worth making that move. If you're, you know, probably a middle-of-the-pack team and could go either way, I wouldn't be making that move. Yep, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think just one 
player I wanted to call out. I don't know if you've seen it, but Greg Zerline scored one of the best field goals I think I've ever seen. There was howling wind and the, I think it was 59 yarder, 60 yarder, something like that. And if you've not seen it, I'd go out of your way to see this kick. It was phenomenal because he's hit it with a low trajectory, aimed it left, and it curls in with the howling wind. So, yeah, one of the best field goals I think I've ever seen. But that's Greg the leg, and he's um, an absolute legendary kicker. But uh, anyway, that's week eight in the bag. I hope uh, by now you've got clarity on your situation as to whether you're rebuilding, whether you're um, competing, what you want to do with your teams, the kind of trades you want to make as you potentially approach your trade deadlines in, in uh, Redraft and Dynasty. But with Week 8 in the Bag, that's me signing out and Chigs. See you, folks.